Welcome to the Pink Lady Against Scammers podcast. Well, hello, everyone. I am so excited about my guest today. Her name is Rebecca, and one of my TikTok followers sent me her video the other day. And she has an amazing story, and I just couldn't wait to get her on here. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, Please tell us a little bit about yourself and then get into your heavy story. Yeah, it is a pretty heavy story. Uh, Well, I'm new to the TikTok platform, uh, and I basically joined because it's about awareness and education. Uh, I had a very, very intricate, heavy scam experience that very nearly ended my life. And uh, I don't, I don't take adversity lying down. So I was just, if it had to happen, I'm going to use this to educate others. I'm going to get the word out and show people what this is so that they don't have to go through what I had to go through. Wow. So when did all this start? How did it all start? Take it away. Well, it all started, let's see, (laughs) my scam actually began in 2016, it ended in 2017, lasting uh, roughly about a year. Uh, When it began, I was the happiest I'd ever been, everything in my life was going absolutely wonderful, and I had no reason to believe that, you know, opening myself to share my good fortune uh, with others, with a significant other, Uh, There was no reason why that couldn't happen and that couldn't go well. I had never tried online dating. I was completely green to it. I had absolutely, I didn't know anything about online scams or romance scams or, you know, and being on a dating site, because I was going online dating, which was a new adventure, uh, it's a bit of a false sense of security on a dating site because you figure that because you're on a platform that is specifically built for this, there is a level of protection. Uh, The terms and conditions that you agree to uh, on social media, on dating sites, there is that misconception that all that jargon, all that language is there to protect you, the consumer, when in reality, it's there to protect the platform. Uh, And having never done the online dating thing, um, I had a few rules for myself. I didn't want to hold my potential relationship responsible for the sins of past relationships. I had been married before. It was not a particularly great marriage. Um, And I just, I really wanted to approach it with an open heart and open mind. And I had no reason not to feel that way. Uh, So I built a profile and enriched it with the details one normally would. This is the package I come in. This is what I expect in a relationship. This is what I will not put up with in a relationship. And I, you know, some typical details was I didn't want to be a notch in somebody's bedpost. I didn't want something casual. I wanted something meaningful and hopefully long-term because you're essentially going on these platforms for a purpose. And that is to build a connection 
uh, and you're basically investing in another person. You, and it's supposed to be that you're building a connection with each other. You're investing in each other. And hopefully what comes out of that is a relationship. Uh, I did still get some of the more casual variety reaching out. Oh, yeah. Which did not garner a response, naturally. Uh, it was not long before I met Matthew. Uh, Matthew, I mean, he had a way of making me feel heard and seen and validated. And we just had some really meaty conversations and we, we, it was just, it was magic. It was absolute magic. Uh, we had a lot of things in common. Uh, and uh, one of the details that in retrospect, I should not have put in the profile, but you'll, you'll understand why I did when, when I you know, tell you that I can't have children for medical reasons, but I like kids. And I put that in the profile because I didn't want that to be an expectation on me or the relationship. I didn't want to get into something and then suddenly that was a deal breaker. Because uh, I was not out to waste my time. And I also wanted to avoid as much as possible the drama. I, mean, I had enough drama in my life. I wanted something that was easygoing. And, uh, you know, not that relationships are always easy, but I wanted something that that flowed well and was meaningful. Uh, we had hit it off very well. Uh, and it wasn't long. You know, we had decided, OK, we'll we'll set up a time to meet. He was going on a business trip out of the country. He had his own business. Uh, and I, I have traveled out of the country before. And so the scenario that I ended up getting, because there's that hook, what is that hook? What is that thing that is going to get you to start sending the money to really start facilitating the things that follow? And he, um, he'd gone out of the country, he, the credit card that he was using stopped working. Now it was a work trip. And I asked all the appropriate questions one would ask you know, well, this is a work trip. Can't your work help you? Uh, I was also extremely uncomfortable because of course, when his card stopped working, he's like, hey, can you float me a couple hundred dollars till I straighten this out? I said, oh, look, I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, this, we are a new relationship. Uh, you know, there has to be somebody else. But of course, a scammer is going to build that you are their only hope and that you should trust them because you are in a relationship with them. You are going, you're, you're building a future with them, you know, and so on. So the thing that got me was he had his five-year-old son with him because he was a single father and he had his five-year-old son with him. And I, I didn't want to be that monster that left an innocent little kid in a bad situation. Yeah. And I I had traveled abroad before where you can notify the bank five times. Hey, look, I'm traveling. These are the dates I'm traveling. This is the card I'm using. And what happens? But the card stops working. So it, to me, it was a very reasonable, plausible explanation that I was getting. 
And up until that point, I had no reason not to trust him. But again, my point of reference didn't have that, hey, online scams are a thing. Online romance scams are a thing. Yes, they happen on dating sites. Buyer beware. I didn't have any of that context. Well, I didn't really know about any of the scam stuff. I went on as a joke in 2016 on a dating site. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I was not looking for anybody. I am not looking for anybody now. It was curiosity and it was on match.com was my first guy. I, I, first of all, I got no money, <laughs> but, oh, but I, you may not have money, but that doesn't mean you don't have access to money. Right. And, and let's not forget too, that money isn't the only currency information is currency. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went to work the next day and I showed this picture to my coworker and she goes, is he in the military? And I go, yeah. She goes, oh, he's a scammer. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And she explained the whole thing to me. I went home that night, Googled his picture, boom, scammer came up, sent him an email saying, I never want to hear from you again. Go away. I'm blocking you. And then that was it. But then it became a regular thing. And that's mm -hmm. how my blog started. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's rampant now. It's so much worse now than it was even when it happened for me. COVID, and when COVID started. Oh, Most of my scammers are Instagram. <laughs> it blew up. It blew up. It was gift wrapped for scammers because scammers, basically the mechanics are, they, they build that connection with you. There's a whole social engineering aspect that happens. And there's a misconception that the scam starts when the request for money starts. That's not true. It's right from the hello beautiful. That's when the grooming starts because they want to build that connection. They want you to care about what happens to them they want you to care about them uh and covid was gift wrapped because here you had something where we were all in the same petri dish together it didn't it didn't warrant explanation and it had built in it so many reasons for people to need money and the fact that they could you couldn't see them they couldn't see you Yep. And also with COVID, I mean, I know for myself, being a very social person, mm -hmm. the first couple months at home was hard. Um, you know, and I mean, I actually went to my, I already take anti-anxiety medicine and I went and I told her, I said, I'm not handling this very well, you know, and she gave me something, a little thing to with that. But then she said, why don't you go out and maybe get a part-time job where you only work once a week, you know, one, I don't want to get a job. Well, then the next thing I know, the grade school that my daughter used to go to, if fish fry season was starting and I always worked their fish fries and it was drive through, you ordered online. I worked outside and that took care of it. And then after that, I, now I don't want to go anywhere. I like being at home. I'm a hermit. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still extremely social, uh, but I like, I like being at home. I like being in my space. Um, I, I'm immunocompromised. So I was homebound, basically a shut-in for the entirety of the pandemic, uh, even into a little bit, you know, after some time when, even when we had vaccines, even when I go out now, like there's certain, <laughs> there's certain rules I need to abide by. Um, I still carry a mask with me just in case. I was. My so I went to Rhode Island Comic Con recently. Uh, we're going to talk about that lately, girl, because I'm a huge Marvel fan. 
Oh, oh, girl. Oh, I, you know, we could just talk for hours. I feel it. Um, I was, I was cosplaying The Handmaid's Tale, and I, uh, I don't know if you've seen. You probably in one of my TikToks, it, it shows it. the costume, and I was masked, um, because it, in one of the seasons of The Handmaid's Tale, when when they're in Washington D.C., there's that point where the handmaids are masked. So I didn't feel that I was in any way being untrue to the cosplay but i was also taking steps to protect myself cool cool so go on with your story about matthew oh matthew <laughs> or should i say matthew yes 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 because it was not he matthew and his son did not exist yeah um, and wow that was that was pretty yeah so Obviously, once the requests for money started, the whole situation continued to escalate. I remember, um, and, and the thing is, everybody knew about the relationship. Everybody knew about the relationship. They were very happy for me. What they didn't know was there was a hidden financial dynamic. They didn't know that I was sending him money. They didn't know that over time, it got to a point where I was basically straddling two household economies, which anybody will tell you is not sustainable. Right. Uh, and it, it got to be very, very hard because here I was keeping up appearances. And it the scam was built that way. Because when Matthew kind of wore me down to hey, are you really going to leave a kid in a bad situation? I mean, bullet to the heart, if you ever heard one. Um, it, it got to be a situation where he had said, when I finally agreed, okay, but don't tell your friends and family that you're doing this for me because I don't want to be embarrassed that you had to do this. Yeah. But right there, it it builds in that that silence aspect. That secretive aspect. I also didn't want to be judged for having lent him the money. So um, it, it got to, you know, everything just continued to escalate. And I was, you know, we got into the holiday season. He was supposed to be coming for Thanksgiving. Then he couldn't come for Thanksgiving. And I, you know, all throughout you know, trying to do the whole problem solving thing because I'm a problem solver. I'm like, hey, can I just fly you both home? Can I just fly you both home? You can fix what you need to fix. You can go back. No, because it was a breach of his contract and the reason why he was there. He did at one point offer to fly his son to me, which I poo-pooed. I was like, no, we're not doing that because I have no legal right to this child. They're not going to release him to me. And like... The child does not know me. Moreover, I don't have the infrastructure for a child. You know, I, I at that point, it was pre-COVID. So there was no work from home element that I could utilize. Yeah. Uh, and I certainly could not, especially on top of everything else, uh, endure the expense of childcare. And I certainly was not going to leave this child in the hands of other strangers when I would be already a stranger to him. You know, it's just this, this whole 
you know, web of dynamic. And so I was like, no, you're not going to do that. The last thing we need is this kid ending up in CPS because you can't get home and you tried to release him to somebody he doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, and so as the situation continued, I was really having a hard time. Uh, I was falling down that rabbit hole of depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Uh, and it, I'm someone who loves life. And by the end of it, I was suicidal because I could not see over the financial burden. And I could not see any resolutions or solutions to the situation I was in. It, like the, my entire world, everything that I had built had just imploded. And it, that's quite a, a 180 to do where you, you start this whole thing at, at a point where you're the happiest in your life. One of my lifelong dreams was to be a homeowner. And I was getting ready to dip my toe in the market to see if maybe I could afford something to get to be up that high and then get to a point over the course of a year well, you're suicidal by the end of it. And I became, I, I came extremely close, like paper sheet thin close. I started stockpiling sleeping pills because I remember I didn't want it to hurt. That was a concern for me. Uh, and I, nobody knew, nobody knew what I was going through the only one that I had been vocal about my thoughts to was Matthew. And Matthew, of course, was promising everything under the sun that not to worry about it, that when he got home, he would fix everything that we, we, you know, that, that suicide didn't need to be considered. I mean, what was interesting about all the things that, uh, in all the things that he told me in looking back, it was lip service. You know, he, when looking back, I I don't recall ever feeling the the empathy, one you know you know the concern, the fear, you know from him that that somebody that you're supposed to care about even is considering this is alarming, and I just I didn't get the alarm. Not that I was looking for it. I I was past that point. I I wasn't going to leave any notes or anything. Uh, I was just going to go to sleep and that was going to be it. And then all the pain that I was in, all the pain that he had inflicted. Um, I, I know some people would say, well, he didn't inflict it. You kind of allowed him to do this, that, and the other. And, and I would argue that you're not wrong in saying that, but what people need to understand is you are conditioned to certain actions. The narrative the scammers, it's an infrastructure that makes it so that you are conditioned toward certain things. Scammers love suicide because it buys permanent silence to what they're doing. And when I, it got to a point where I just, I couldn't handle it anymore. And my last conversation I had with Matthew was, I have these sleeping pills. I think I'm just going to take them because you're not here and as far as I can tell, you're not coming. You know, every solution I come up with, you're shooting down. Meanwhile, the situation continues to escalate. So 
when I said that to him, I said, I have sleeping pills. I'm just, I think I'm just going to take them because I was exhausted. I couldn't deal with it anymore. He goes, well, you have to do what you have to do. What a dick. Pardon my language. Oh, no, he was an absolute dick. Oh, man. Uh, but what was interesting, so, so when he said that, it actually did a few things. It confirmed for me he was not coming. It confirmed for me that he didn't love me, that I was not somebody that he cared about. And it was the last, like when he said that, I was, I was kind of stunned. I just, but I remember thinking very clearly, well, what do you do after that? What do you say after that? Like after that, like there's, there is no, there is no follow up. <laughs> so I just, I hung up the phone. Cause what yeah. you, you know, there, there's no walking that back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but to me, it was a stamp of finality because it said, all right, he's not going to, you know, make do on the promises that he made. And that's, that's scammers in a nutshell. It's easier. It's easy for them to promise the world when they have no intention of delivering. And they have absolutely, it's not, they're not built for empathy. So what they are doing to other people like it doesn't it doesn't register for them and to some degree uh to a very large degree they're narcissists yes so um so what pulled you from committing suicide besides his snarky comment well no i hit the snarky comment pushed me further towards oh, no. suicide because I knew there was no way out at that point. So I, I knew the only way out was the sleeping pills. And, um, I, you know, you have the, the, the family that is your blood, but then you have the family that you choose. I don't have a lot of relationship with my blood, but I have very strong relationships. My board of directors. <laughs> I like strong that. Strong relationships with the family that I've chosen. Uh, of uh, I have I have a blood sister who I'm, I'm extremely close to, but uh, other than her, I have a brother from another mother and two sisters from other ministers, and those that's my nucleus. Those are people that I have chosen, and it was them. They saved my life. Uh, it happened that I had decided. When I realized, okay, this is this is the road we're going down. There's there's no going back at this point. Uh, I wanted to have a dinner. I wanted to have dinner. You know, they didn't know it was goodbye. I knew it was goodbye. But I wanted to I wanted to see them one more time. That was important to me. And uh, the first uh, dinner that I had was with Elizabeth. And, you know, to her, it was just a, a normal us getting together for dinner. It was in this little hole in the wall restaurant, Italian. Yum. Eh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, not, not that I really remember the, the, the meal part, but we had eaten there before. Yeah. Familiar with the food. Um, the whole dinner experience that night was a little bit surreal because we're sitting in this booth and it was very crowded that night. It was very busy and they were having, and the reason why, they were having a deal where 
you had like an appetizer, two entrees and a bottle of wine. So we decided we were going to do that. And uh, so we ordered the bottle of wine and we're waiting for our appetizer. And I'm clutching onto this bottle or to the glass. I'm clutching onto the glass of wine. And I'm thinking, as she's telling me this, because she starts telling me a story without any context. Uh, but as she's telling me this, I'm clutching that glass of wine. I thought the glass was going to break. I was holding it. <laughs> and I'm gulping down this wine. I'm surprised that she didn't kind of notice this. But she started this this little story um, without context. She just kind of went in. And I, you know, call it divine intervention. I don't know. I don't care. That's not the important detail. It's she just launches into this story about a coworker's daughter that was being relentlessly bullied in school and had decided suicide. In the last moments, this girl decided she was gonna to talk to her parents and that's what she went and did. And her parents were, you know, helping her. So she didn't end up committing suicide. Oh, good. Um, I wanted to stick that in there because good, I, really, good. I, was leaving a, I was leaving a little bit of a cliffhanger. I um, need a happy ending. Yes. So, <laughs> so Elizabeth is telling me this story and I'm, I'm just, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't empty the glass, but she's telling me this story. And when she finished and to the point where she says that the, this girl went to her parents instead, I fell apart at the table which was very uncharacteristic of me. I'm the person everybody goes to when they have a problem. I'm the rock. I'm not the one that falls apart, you know, crumbles into this puddly, you know, hundred puzzle piece mess. Um, and so she was very taken back by it. Uh, she didn't say anything. I just she knew obviously something was wrong and I proceeded in, in my anguish to like, and I'm sobbing, I'm sobbing at the table and I'm word vomiting to her everything that I could get out about what had transpired over the course of, of the past year. And this is somebody who Matthew and his son, we were supposed to spend Christmas with her. We all bought Christmas presents for him and his son i sat at the airport all night waiting for them to come in on a plane that never arrived oh my gosh uh and so so she what she knew was very surface level and so i'm i'm just word vomiting to her all these things and she um when when i was just exhausted when i was completely spent she sat back and she's not the type to just sit back in silence and like stunned silence <laughs> not at all so I knew I, I felt like oh this is going to be bad I'm sitting there I'm waiting for that judgment I'm waiting for the vitro I'm waiting for the how could you be so stupid <laughs> I mean we had already made enough of a scene in this restaurant which Honestly, I was so hyper focused on her. I was not, I don't know what the entire restaurant was doing. It, you know, I, I have no memory of any of that. 
And I just remember her just sitting there in stunned silence. And it can't have been more than a couple minutes, like not even, but it felt like an eternity because I'm just, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that wave of, of negativity, just shower me, tsunami me with, with all the things. And she didn't do that, which surprised the hell out of me. She, um, she reached across the table, grabbed my hands, holding on very tight. And of course she had no idea at this point, just how literal how how she actually was holding my life in her hands yeah at that point uh and she looks at me dead in the eye and she goes you know this isn't your fault right and that was something hadn't even entered my mind there was so much self-blame and self-shame that i mean the world is going to have an opinion one way or the other on so many different things whatever they throw at me as a victim for having fallen for this is never going to hold a candle to the kind of things and vitrol I have put on myself coming. Yes. Yes. Uh, And so she, it was, uh, that was the point where I was telling her I, I have sleeping pills at home and i'm going to take them because i'm i'm done there's there's no there's no coming back from this discover card was suing me i was being evicted from my apartment my dream of being a homeowner was to hell and gone uh you know i i didn't want to be homeless in new england in winter and that's where i was heading i remember thinking i i i felt like i'd let everybody down I'd, I'd most of all I'd let myself down but it even got to the point where I had two cats at the time and I was I felt like I'd let them down <laughs> you know? they're part of the family they are that's their part of the family they are I I have four at this point a story for another time I refuse <laughs> to acknowledge the fact that I am a cat lady somewhat somewhat <laughs> maybe no, nothing wrong lady. with that nothing wrong with that um, but again story for another time you bet <laughs> but uh, um I I told I told my my other sister from another mister because she's the reason I have the other two. I said, look, there at this point there's no vacancy. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Four is my limits. Don't yes. me, you know, don't don't tell me anymore. Um yeah, so uh she we spent the rest of that night trying to figure a way forward that was not suicide. And and she was very smart about it. She didn't make it about me. She made it about us. Yes. She said, if either of us ever feel, if either of us ever feel that we are going through something so horrific, so deep, that suicide enters the picture as an option we are not going to do that we are taking that off the table we are calling each other instead yes and it was one of the smartest things she could have said uh and and honestly the way the whole way she handled it because i was laser focused that it was all on me um she was the one that introduced the idea of bankruptcy, which I was 
a little bit resistant to um, only because bankruptcy has its own stigmas to it. Uh, and But then it was like one of those, well, it's either this or suicide, which is worse. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So I always tell people, I'm in bankruptcy myself. I don't tell a lot of people, but now it's going to go out to the man. People on TikTok know. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I tell people don't, I don't feel ashamed, but yeah. I'm not telling everybody it's, it's the because it's a it ha- at the time I did it and I still believe it was the right thing because <laughs> I had no money after I would pay everything off. And now I at least have a little money. Well, this is the thing. So, so yes, bankruptcy has a lot of stigmas to it. Not all of them are correct, uh, it, but it's. It's meant to be, it's designed to be a reset button. Yes. I didn't set out to be manipulated. I didn't set out to be victimized. And this, this is what bankruptcy is designed for. <laughs> you know, that's right. Circumstances like this. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. Uh, and it meant I had to take a lot of practical steps, a lot of hard steps right from the beginning, uh, to protect myself, to protect my identity. I did try to report my scam. Uh, unfortunately there are not a lot of resources out there for victims, let alone resources that are designed to be sensitive to the victim. Uh, I had gone to the FBI and was turned away. They said, nope, you need to go file online. That is not being sensitive to the victim from of an online scam because you're basically saying to them, if you want to report your crime, you have to do it from that same veil of the internet you were just scammed from. You don't know where your information is going. You don't know how it's being used. And the IC3 has a misconception to it that people think that if you file with the IC3, you're going to get your money back. It, nope. it doesn't, it's not designed for that. It's designed to make the connections to get to the bigger fish. Moreover, it is a system. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying do it because if you can do it, if you can, because it it's a paper trail that you are a victim. Yes. You are nothing other than a victim. And we can go into money muling and all those fun things. Not so fun things. Uh, again, conversation for another time. Like I You're said, coming back. You got to come back because so, um, so many before holes. we started recording, everybody, we talked for about 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I already told her she's got to come back because she has so much great information. Yeah. But today we're focusing on her story. So yeah. And so um, also the IC3 is very transactional. And when I say that, I mean it literally it is very transactional and to have to re you know basically relive your scam you know on a transactional basis it's very triggering it's very traumatic to this to this day i i still can't report to the ic3 i can't do it it's it I, what i needed was to talk to somebody you want to take my information fine you can have my information. I will give it to you, but please, I need a conversation. I need to see that you're real, that you are an actual person. 
I need you to see me, that I am real, that I am an actual person. And that is something that reporting to the internet is not going to give you that sensitivity. It's not going to give you that empathy. It's not going to give you, it doesn't, it's not a safe space. And that's what a victim needs. A victim needs a safe space. And um, so I never did report to the IC3. Um, I actually, when I came out of my scam, I still didn't understand. It hadn't dawned on me I'd been scammed. None of that had been introduced to me. I thought that Matthew was just some a-hole that had taken extreme advantage of me. Yeah. I, to my friend's credit, my circle of my my board of directors. Because, I love that term. <laughs> well, so Elizabeth gave me the courage to open up to the rest yeah which i did and to their credit and this and, and this is the thing when you're coming out of a scam you have forgotten who you are you you've lost all sense of time all sense of self and uh, that get up and go fun loving quirky goofy awesome person i forgot her completely and my my friends, my family that I chose, was they knew they were there to remind me. They also understood that this was bigger than them. That whatever happened here was beyond, I needed a level of help they could not provide. And they were the ones that found Scam Haters United. Oh, good. I was going to ask how you connected with them. Scam Haters United. <laughs> wonderful group uh of people i i work extremely close uh with them now um and be careful of imposters as you know scammers oh yeah scammers have no scruples they will pretend yeah. to be they will pretend to be legitimate resources um they were the ones that introduced the fact that i had been scammed and took me through that <laughs> that whole dynamic and it was it was frightening it was but they were there and they handheld me and they were worried about me when when i first came to them i was in such a fragile state they and and my scam was so so deep and so granular that they were not sure if i had any strength left to actually come out the other end and I actually, I, I talk to victims on a daily basis now, and I get, I get the really, really tough, I'm worth nothing, I think I'm going to commit suicide cases, because I was there. I, you know, that's the thing, you got to meet them where they are. And a lot of times, they'll, I'll have them laughing and crying in the same conversation. Uh, but it's like, a lot of times, they, you have to, it's like pulling back the layers of an onion mm -hmm. you got to meet them where they are. And, and I can do that. I can do that. And I, I'm an, a real world example that you can come back from a scam because I did, I can, I have since completely rebuilt my life. I relocated. I'm a homeowner. Yay. The four walls that you Woo! see are mine. Uh, <laughs> You know, applause, all, applause. Everything is going well for me. People always ask me, they're like, so are you dating anyone? I'm like, girl, boy, 
Whoever you are, I am happily single with four-legged kids. I need nothing else. And you know, occasionally you'll get that um, that that character that has to say, "Really, there's not anything that a guy can't provide you." And I'm just like, "Honey, that's what batteries are for." <laughs> I love you. I I get that a lot too. Somebody's like, "Don't." It's not that I'm not look. I'm not looking. Yeah. You know, between work and doing all this. And socializing with friends, and I have a 24-year-old daughter, I'm busy. And I don't think I have the patience anymore. I'm divorced as well. Mm-hmm. I've been divorced since 2005, but I basically raised my daughter by myself, well, with my mom and dad's help, too. But, um, and it's like, you know, I like being in charge of my remote control for my TV, you know, and I like, I do my thing. And I, you know, really, I could not date a guy because I don't know how he, I know how he would feel about me talking to strange men on the internet. But if you see my videos, you know, I'm playing a role. I'm not, I'm not in love with, you know, really careful about scam baiting. Yeah. And there is a difference. There is. and, And sometimes the difference is very subtle, but you do not want to be scam baiting. Mm -hmm. Uh, something that I'm actually going to do, um, relatively shortly. I have my hands in so many things right now. Um, (laughs) one of the things that I'm actually going to do is because people are like, would you ever do online dating again? Hell no, hell no. But what I am going to do is, uh, I'm actually going to go online on the different platforms because people have in their mind, their own idea of what scamming is and how it works and what it looks like. And often those ideas that people have in their head is wrong or or not quite right. So I'm actually gonna go on dating platforms and social media and things of that nature. I'm not gonna scam bait. I'm simply, and I'm not out to educate scammers. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be real world experience. Hey, you see this? This is something you should question because this is what this looks like. Yep. Yep. Uh, And that is not educating scammers to the granular detail of, hey, you see this exchange? This point and this point and this point are reasons why this person is in all likelihood a scammer because I'm not out to teach the scammers what they're doing wrong and I'm not out to teach them how to do it right. What I am going to do in this process is, hey, this is what this looks like, is reintroduce critical thinking to the Mm -hmm. equipment because that's what scammers do. They will slowly but surely uh, isolate and strip away that that skill of critical thinking. Uh, you know, I was driving around. We were running errands. I was running with a, a errands with a friend the other day, and uh, what people fail to realize is scammers have an answer for everything. And you're going to run the gamut between the really good scammers versus the really obvious scammers, and everything in between. You know, I get victims being like, I wish I could be as strong as you. Honey, I didn't start where I am now. I started where you are. Yeah. And it's the same thing with scammers. Scammers get good by practice. They get good by engagement and interaction. And they they use what works and they carry it forward to get better. And so... Um, I had a point to this and then I lost it. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> um, uh, so, so 
scammers have an answer for everything. Uh, so a lot of times extracting a victim from a scam is really hard because there's that push pull, you know, two steps forward, one step back situation that happens when you're trying to extract someone from their scam. And you know that when they come to me or they come to Scam Haters United or, you know, whatever legitimate platform, you know, that, that resource that is out there, you know that there is a very, very strong chance because of that push-pull effect and that the scammers will continually try and reach out and re-engage and not, we can go into other types of scams because it really is Dante's seven circles of hell. Scams <laughs> within scams within scams. Yeah. You know, I, it's a spider, it is, it is quite literally a spider's web. Uh, the world of scamming is an ecosystem. It's a systemic ecosystem. And each thread of that spider's web is a different element of scams. And you know how intricate and how big webs can get. It is also organized crime. Yeah. It's also worldwide. Uh, and different geographical locations will have their different specialties, but you know what? They all still bleed into each other. Yeah. Um, but so scammers, we know that when, you know, say they come to, say I have a victim that comes to me and says, uh, you know, firstly, you'll get, you'll get scammers pretending to be victims. So you kind of have to watch out for that too. Yes. Um, yes. So so uh, <laughs> guilty until proven innocent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah. So what happens is um, we know that a lot of the time, whatever we're saying, however we're trying to break through, uh, the they're going back and they're relaying to their scammers. That's an issue we talk about on my lives a lot with my my crew, I guess, you, my flying monkeys. Um, yeah. they, uh, we always talk, you know, it's like, how do you convince someone that, hey, you're talking to a scammer and they don't want to believe you? I don't have a solid answer and nobody that I talk to, all you can do is just give them the information, be there for them, unless you have a great answer to that. I would love there's, it. There's a couple, there's a couple, there's a couple things I could unpack here. So, um one is you're not going to be able to help everybody you can only help those that want to be helped and sometimes they need to go a little further down the line sometimes they have to hit rock bottom um but it's it's like pulling back the onion it's pulling back the layers you know they're going back to their scammers and their scammer is going to have an answer for everything but here's what also the scammer does right the scammer wants to be the only source of truth. The only way the scammer can continue to be the only source of truth is that if they are systematically, periodically, continually, you know, not only in re-engaging the victim, but they are also isolating the victim. So you have a family member that is poking holes in that narrative and it kind of, Again, introduces that critical thinking. Gee, I wonder. But you know, you go back. the The person goes back to their scammer. The scammer has has um, an answer for it. Oh, honey, you know, I can see why they would think that. I mean, it does kind of look like that, doesn't it? But you know, we know what we are to each other. We know what our situation is, and and it's not that. So you know what? Just don't talk to that 
person about it anymore. They don't get it and, and they think it's something else. So you know what? Just we we know what we are to each other. Just don't, don't, don't re-engage that person on that anymore. So here they are. They're pulling that person further into the narrative. So that and that's why it's so hard to break through, is you have so many layers and layers and layers of that. And scamming in general. This is what's so so difficult for the identity theft victims because you have this, there's more than one person in uh, one more than one victim in a scam. You've got the scam victim, but you have the identity theft victim. And what you don't see in between is this pane of glass, this puppeteer, which is the scammer that is pulling all the strings. So um, it's it can be painstaking trying to extract a a victim. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and you can only help those that really want the help. And even those that really want the help, they they coming out of their scam, they have no knowledge, no recognition, no point of reference for the fact that they are on a sucker's list, that they have to, to some degree look over their shoulder for the rest of their lives, that they have practical steps that they're going to need to take for their own protection for themselves, for their identity. Uh, and the fact that there are scams within scams within scams, that just because you have left your initial scam, you're on a sucker's list. That's a list that is being bought and sold between scammers groups. And, yep. you know, a lot of times, victims are re-victimized by recovery scams, which is basically somebody coming to you or you going to somebody because you think they are a legitimate resource and then being like, oh yes, I can get this information for you or I can hack this for you or I can get your money back for you. The hack cyber hackers, there's tons of them on TikTok. Oh girl, don't, do not get me started. Do not <laughs> get me started with the Next episode. <laughs> Yeah, you can have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, um, the the sad reality uh, of it is, once the money is gone, the money is gone, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, and recovery, in the in the extremely rare instance that it happens, even a little bit, it does not happen that way. Uh, and that could be another episode where we can dive into that yes yes uh, and 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 the pyramid scheme that is an actual scam we can dive into that um but yeah so, i mean there's just so much oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> well can i ask you this if you want to share it sure. how much money did you end up sending matthew uh i lost about uh a hundred thousand dollars wow okay yeah. cool and that's the thing <laughs> did i have a hundred thousand dollars to lose no but you know money isn't the only currency information is currency access is currency action is currency and scammers will play all those notes they will play all yeah. those notes. i didn't have a hundred thousand dollars to lose but that doesn't mean that i didn't have access to be able right. to make certain moves obviously in order to lose that much um, and that's, that's again, another common misconception. It, it's just, 
I, I am of the mind now and whether or not you're in a scam. If you do not have, if you, if someone's asking you for money and it is money that you would lament losing in any way, shape or form, you never lend money, you would lament losing. Uh, because if it's going to hurt you, you should never lend it. It, it, and that's the thing. Uh, I think I think you you were doing some homework before before we jumped on here. I saw you reposting and and liking yes stuff, and I was like, okay. So she saw the one where, uh, you know, m how money isn't the only currency, and uh, if somebody truly loves you, they're not going to put you in harm's way. They're not uh, going to allow you to put yourself in harm's way. Right. If you want, if you want a scammer tell, that's a biggie. Mm -hmm. That's a biggie. Someone who really loves you and cares about you is never going to allow you to be put in harm's way or allow you to put yourself in harm's way. Yes, my one partner on TikTok, Coastal Cowboy seventy nine, says almost that exact same thing. You know, he's like that. You know, a real man is not gonna do anything like that what no real man no real woman no real yeah. green martian is ever you know if they really care about you they are not going to allow you to take those steps right now what's your tiktok handle it is princess 62921 okay you all have to follow her now <laughs> one thing i we talked about this beforehand but when i messaged her about being on my podcast um she had sent a, a note back and I'm going to read it. And there's one line in there that I absolutely adore. And I want to put it on a shirt. It says new, it says new to TikTok. My content is varied to spread education, but also to illustrate, I have other interests. There is life after being scammed, etc. While having been scammed is a part of my story. It's not my whole story. And this is the line I love. I'm not defined by it. Yeah. I get goosebumps when I just read that. That is prolific if that's the right word to because use because it's true and that is something that when you have a scam victim that is single-handedly uh like if you if you take nothing else away from this podcast that that is the thing that needs to be the takeaway this is something that has happened to you 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 have been manipulated this does not make it your fault just because you had a role to play, which you did play, doesn't make it your fault. You were manipulated and conditioned to play that role. You were placed in a narrative that was specific to your playing that role. That does not make it your fault. This experience has changed me. Can't help that. Uh, you know, I get a lot of victims being like, I just want to be the person I was. You're, the person you were was gone. What you need to do is embrace the person you are now. Yeah. Uh, because the person you were didn't know the things you know now. Yeah. And and so uh, that's the thing. This This is a part of my story. It's not my whole story. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define who I am. Uh, and the thing is, with a scam victim and... This can be the subject of another episode. <laughs> With a scam victim, we have a defined beginning and end to that chapter. Identity theft victims, it's perpetual. 
it, they don't get off that roller coaster. They, they don't get to make that transition from victim to survivor that we do. Yeah. Now, besides good educational videos, mm-hmm. he has some cool stuff. And I took notes. <laughs> okay. okay. The gummy bear challenge. I never heard of that. What was the gummy bear supposed to do? <laughs> and you all um, have to go out there and watch the video. I like I I just for shits and giggles and pardon my language, but I like to to you know one of the things victim and, and and again this is something for victims too, but it's for everybody because everybody struggles. It doesn't have to be you're a victim of a scam and you're struggling. Whatever you're struggling with, I like to reintroduce joy and and happiness and make people laugh and you know. I always say this, and you can ask any of my followers. I say this a lot. I believe humor is the best medicine. Oh, and, and laughter. Absolutely. And I say that a lot. So, so what exactly was the gummy bear supposed to do I, that I, it I didn't do? Unapologetically, and I like to to debunk stuff too. You know, oh, I agree. I like it. So the gummy bear challenge—that's what I call it. I don't know that it's specifically called the gummy bear challenge, but I'd seen about three or four videos about it on TikTok, and I just kind of did one of those. Hmm, gee, I wonder if this is true. Uh, the gummy bear was—I was supposed to open up the refrigerator, and there would be a gummy bear. It would have oh. had—it would have uh, expanded, expanded, and increased in size to be a big gummy bear, and technically, I might have been able to eat it depending on how much salt you know but uh (laughs) but that was what was supposed to happen uh but the thing is in those videos you never got measurements for anything and yeah uh, there was a lot of cutaways and there was one that I saw that I was just kind of like oh I think this is bs but I'm gonna try it anyway I just want to you know I want to know I want to know whether it's true or not um where the the person that was doing it, they didn't realize that in their shot was a box with a large gummy bears in it that was within the shot of the camera. But the even bigger tell was they started with a little yellow, I guess, lemon gummy bear and they put it in the water with the salt and, you know, drowned it basically and shoved it in the refrigerator. They don't tell you for how long. Uh, that was another thing. They don't give you the, they don't give you the me- measurements are important. Yes. Julia Child said so. Julia yes. said measurements are important. I love that movie. Yes. <laughs> Julia yeah. and Julia. Yes. Oh, oh, girl, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I started blogging. Yeah. Julie Powell made me want to blog. It she, took a couple years to find a topic, but yeah, she's an interesting person. I'm, I'm, trying to write about my scamming experience and i was just gonna say you should do a book yeah, yeah. That's, i'm working on it uh you know for a while it was really triggering because i have ptsd and yeah. anyone that has ptsd will understand that when you take yourself back there you are taking yourself back there that's why you see me going off on all these like little tangents it, that's actually ptsd because you're remembering yeah. you're back there you're remembering little details um but yeah, so so this guy, he used a lemon gummy bear, you know, put it in his container, shoved it in the fr- in the fridge. And when he cut away and and comes back, you know, sometime later, you you think um, the gummy bear that had expanded was orange. 
<laughs> so I saw that one and I was like, Peter. Yeah cheater i was like i was like i think this is bs but let's try it anyway and i and i do it with i do it with obviously fun quirky things uh right. but i also do it with serious things too i think you'll you'll see that i had that whole t-mobile you know what they were doing yes because especially if it's something that's going to affect me like that's the thing like my scam experience affected me i don't want a scam experience to affect others especially right. the way it affected me so that's why i will put the truth out there and, and the t-mobile thing which you know kind of went semi-viral i guess um that people liked that one because it was very straightforward how i how i built that tiktok um but i'll also put you know quirky fun stuff like hey who remembers this commercial oh that's what i was getting to those classic commercials i think i remembered most of them yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, i you know and and i think people are surprised that when they, oh i love this one too i'm like okay here you go yeah okay because it, it's about making them smile you know yes okay here you go yeah. okay i gotta get to the category i have been dying to get to your comic cons <laughs> oh man, I am a huge Marvel fan. Captain okay. America is my man. Mm -hmm. Huge uh, Cougar crush on Chris Evans. But I found the whole first 10 years of Marvel with the six original Avengers fantastic. Okay. Um, so what what is it? Because in St. Louis, they used to have wizard cons. Uh -huh. And I think one of the biggest ones, well, they had some people there, but my daughter went and she got to meet Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky. And uh, Oh, he is a sweetheart. Oh, man. She, I got the picture on the wall. Yeah. I said, we're blowing it up. It's going on the wall, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I could, and I, that, I mean, they've had some others there. I, I've never gone, but um, Girl, tell me about your Comic-Con. Have you gone to San Diego? I would love to. I would okay. love to. Actually, so so I've been to Boston because that's where I used to live. That's where my scam actually took place. Um, I'm in Orlando now. Um, so I, I've been to a couple here. I've been to I, you know, I've been to Rhode Island Comic Con. Obviously, I didn't go during the pandemic. Um, and I went to Rhode Island and Boston this year because I wanted to go back to getting back into it to Comic Cons that I was familiar with. Um, I'm going to be at MegaCon in February. In cool. fact, you may have seen the TikTok where I was panicking a little bit because that was one question that I was getting uh, at Rhode Island was, are you going to MegaCon? Uh, and I had not originally planned on it, but I am. And I I, I couldn't think of a cosplay because I, like I like to introduce a new cosplay every year. Um, and I, I will- For those that don't know, what is cosplay? So you basically take something that you're a fan of, and it could be anime, you know, something in the anime space. It could be a movie, it could be a TV show. Yeah. Uh, you can even, you know, put your own spin on it, like maybe a gender bender or, uh, you know, if this character existed in the real world, what would they look, you could cosplay what they would look like in the real world. Really, it's, it's a, it's a really accepting safe space uh, to, you know, basically allow to free your creativity in that way. And so uh, I will not cosplay Handmaid's Tale. I will not be a handmaid down south. You can use your <laughs> imagination 
as to the reasons why. Yes, yes. Um, uh, so I was in a bit of a panic as to to what I would do. So I did a TikTok on, hey, what should I do? Because most of my costumes are pre-pandemic. And, it, you know, most of us uh, have some pre-pandemic pounds that, you know, we're working on slowly but surely. Yes. I'm also yes. a foodie. So it's a little harder than it should be. Um, so, the food shouldn't taste so darn good. <laughs> I mean... That would certainly help, but it would also make life a little more depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in a bit of a panic. So I sent out an SOS to the cosplay community, like, hey, what should I cosplay? And I actually um, want, because I wanted ideas. I needed to get my creative juices flowing. Uh, and I had other things that were going on. I was, I needed something that would work in the time frame for me to put it together with a next to no budget, which is most cosplayers are in that boat. Uh, but I, this was also a Comic-Con that I had not planned on. So, um, I do want to do Dragon Con next year. I do want to go to Evermore at some point. My dream trip is New Zealand, but we'll. Ah, love it. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. So I actually figured out a cosplay, which I know you will appreciate <laughs> given the course of this conversation. Um, I'm going to be a cat lady. Oh, I love it. I love it. Then, One of my best friends on here on TikTok, uh, she's been following me and we chat all the time since the very beginning. And her name is, it's perperfectly saying cat lady. Uh -huh. And somebody asked her one time, what's her real first name? I go, I don't really know. I know now, but I'm like, I don't know. I call her cat lady. I don't say her real name, you know, so, well, I love it. Here's the, here's the, you know, cause I like to do a little something. So, um, you know, I will have a cat carrier with, you know, stuffed cats. And I'm not bringing my real cats to this. That would just, <laughs> I mean, not that it wouldn't be funny as hell, but no. <laughs> they would probably so, go nuts. <laughs> I Well, so I've got Toby, who is 75% love bug, 25% asshole, but I 100% love him. <laughs> I, I think between him and Mo Molly thinks she's a dog. I think of, it, of all of them, she would probably have the most fun with it. But no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I'm going to have stuffed animal cats and a cat carrier, but I'm also going to have cat toys. So, and I'm going to, so when, when people come up to me wanting pictures of the cat lady, cause I'm going to be wearing a robe and fuzzy slippers and cat pajamas, oh, I'm going to have it. I'm going to have the, uh, it's going to be a thing. So uh, when, you know, when people see me, if they ask, you know, ask for a picture and I'll be like, do you have a cat at home? And they'll be like, yes. And then I will give them a cat toy. I love it. To that is a great idea. Yes. So, so I'm excited about it now. And, you know, 90% of the stuff I need, I have. So, because oh. I'm a cat owner. That is so much fun. I absolutely love it. I know when I saw that, I'm like, yes, a Comic-Con. I've never been, but I mean, I like to watch all the video clips that they show when it's in San Diego's big yeah. one. And um, and I'm just... You I'm, must be on the West Coast because it's still light where you are. Um, No, actually, it's oh, dark. It's, it's dark. It's I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh. And so they changed the clocks back the other weekend and now it gets dark earlier and I, I hate it. Oh my God, girl, do not get me started on daylight savings time. <laughs> I don't think anybody likes it. <laughs> Honey, I, I've been on the struggle bus ever since. 
Me too. I'm just starting Mondays to feel are hard enough. Although I, the, the, the week, the day of the week I hate the most is Tuesdays. Oh, <laughs> most useless day of the week. And tomorrow's going to be even worse because I got jury duty. Oh, I saw your, your video. Oh, you have my sympathies. <laughs> I, I want to be able to do my civic duty. That's yeah. not like, I'm glad to do my civic duty. The, my, my bone of contention is that girl got so many other things going on that especially work right now. Cause it's the end of the year. I'm like, eh, jury duty, not the best timing, not the best timing, <laughs> but you know what? We will make it work. It'll make for some really insane uh, nights. Cause I'll be you know, getting deliverables done in the office. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to try and do a TikTok tomorrow. Hopefully it works. I don't know. Some, <laughs> some of the copyrighted material, you just never know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be like jury duty and have that clip of may the odds be ever in your favor. Oh, don't get me. I love that series. I love that. I can't wait to see the <laughs> the new Hunger Games movie coming out this month. So yeah, it looks really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on here. I am, I am, you're my hero. Um, I just think your story and the way you, and you bounce back and. It takes um, work. It did. Yeah. Like it I doesn't said, happen it overnight. Work. No, it takes yeah. a lot of time, takes a lot of work. There was a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Um, yeah. But I so got you. You did. And I am, like I said, I'm very honored that you came on here. Uh, you have to come back. So like next oh, time hey, we'll pick. You say, okay, Patsy, I'm going to come and talk about this and we'll set something up um, because I just think you are, I was, when they told me about this, I was telling people on the live, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get her on my, my podcast, you know, she said, yes. And so I have a lot of people already. You had a live. (laughs) Oh yeah. I did it the other, the other night, but I had, as soon as I saw it got scheduled, I was, I texted the girls today. Hey, I got it scheduled. They told me about you. Hey, I got her scheduled today. Um, You know, I'm going to do my best to get it out tonight. I have to my daughter picked me up, Annie Ann. So I'm like, I saw. I was like, oh no, I'm keeping her from her dinner. No, no, it'll be fine. But, but no, um, I totally have to have you back again. Anytime. Thank yeah. you so much. And what's your TikTok name again? It's Princess Six Two Nine Two One. Awesome. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad to do it again. Anytime you want. Sure, you follow Rebecca on TikTok. She's awesome. She's joined a couple lives that I was in, one that I did. Um, she's phenomenal. Check her out. And that's it because this is a longer episode, which is totally cool because Rebecca rocked. Um, that's all for today. Uh, again, you want a Christmas card from the Pink Lady? Email me at patsypodcast at att.net. And remember, they don't love you, they love your money.